welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Pangea Talks, our engaging thought leadership conversations with some of the world's leading experts in family wealth matters. Joining us today is the CEO of Griffin Digital Mining, Mr. Rob Chang. Rob, welcome to our Pangea Talks. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell me, 2021 has kicked off to be an incredible year, eventful for most people. We saw some fascinating things happening in the U.S. Uh, uh, at Capitol Hill. We've seen some significant geopolitical shifts around the world. We now have a massive skyscraper-sized tanker stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> yes. And all these things that we need to manage uh, uh, as people just trying to create uh, uh, peaceful, happy lives for our families. And then there's this massive story around cryptocurrency with Bitcoin breaking past the $50,000 barrier earlier this year. And so many headlines quoting cryptocurrency and blockchain. I thought it would be appropriate for us at Pangea to spend some time with you to learn from your perspective as uh, you're seeing things from your leadership share at Griffin Digital Mining. We wanted to learn from you. And so with that, I'd love to open our conversation to learn more about Griffin Digital Mining. Rob, one of the things I want to ask is this. I mean, people around our leadership table are so curious about what is a Bitcoin? What is blockchain? And there's a, a mountain of resources available. Even recently, Pangea published our own um, resource piece on cryptocurrency digital um, digital mining and we asked the question are we looking at the emergence of a new asset class but before we get there i want to have people get to know who you are and who Dick griffin digital mining is so why don't we open with this question rob what are three key things that you as a ceo would like people to know about griffin digital mining Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, the uh, the difference with Griffin Digital Mining compared to any other publicly traded or soon to be publicly traded, given that we're currently private, but going public soon, is a few things. Most notably, I think it's our management and our team. When you look across the public Bitcoin mining space, you'll notice that the teams generally is one visionary who uh, happened to make the move into cryptocurrency mining pretty quickly. And then the rest of the group is usually deep pocketed investors who happen to get seats on boards or seat positions in management. And that's generally how they look. We've approached very differently here at Griffin Digital Mining. What we have done is we've paired deep, deep blockchain and crypto expertise with best in class blue chip uh, top of the line um, executives from some of the largest companies in the world. And let me get into that. Uh, starting with myself. Uh, as the CEO, I was a former CFO of Riot Blockchain, which is one of the top uh, publicly traded Bitcoin miners right now. Uh, prior to that, I was a commodity analyst. I was with uh, Cantor Fitzgerald as their managing director and head of metals and mining research for about 15 some odd years. At one point, Bloomberg named me the top precious metals analyst for Q1 2016. <clears throat> and uh, during my, my, my tenure at, uh, at uh, Riot, as people may have known, it had some issues that it had to deal with with respect to the SEC. Uh, unrelated to Riot, but unfortunately it was swept up with the investigations that happened. It was fully exonerated. Uh, and uh, I, I was uh, part of the team that effectively helped it uh, survive. Uh, it was a tough situation with low Bitcoin prices and negative sentiment, uh, but what could have been a very difficult story turned into a company that was $5 billion just a few weeks ago. So pretty proud of that. 
Um, I also have done some work with other blockchain companies, most notably as a consultant for Hive Blockchain, where I was helping them with their M&A work and their recent acquisition, well, last year's acquisition of a, uh, of a facility at pretty much pennies on the dollar. And uh, ultimately, I've had experience with two of the largest publicly traded miners. I've learned from the positives as well as I've learned from the mistakes that were made. And at Griffin, we plan on implementing the good things and definitely avoiding all the negatives that happen that are common pitfalls for anyone going into the blockchain market. Um, the team is also extremely strong. And just sticking with the technical side, since I'm the technical part, Brittany Kaiser, who is our chair of the board, um, is uh, very well known in the space. Effectively, if you go to a blockchain conference, there's a good chance that if Brittany's there, she's the keynote speaker. She stands on the congressional committee uh, of blockchain uh, uh, in the US. Uh, she's written 22, I believe, laws that have passed and a whole bunch of laws that are in various stages of uh, being passed as well. So incredibly impressive. Effectively, she's one of those people where sovereign nations or Fortune 500 companies would call upon if they need to get up to speed on what blockchain's doing and, and whatnot. And uh, she's a fairly regular guest on several uh, uh, media outlets as well because of it. So extremely good, deep expertise in crypto and blockchain with uh, myself and Brittany. And then when you look across the rest of the team and the board, we have fantastic blue chip experience. And when I talk about that, when people think of some of the best companies in the world, you often talk about the family stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, um, and, and the type. We, we've effectively collected the Facebook, Netflix, Google, and added Disney to it. For example, Dan Tolhurst, who's the president and works really close to us, uh, is former Disney and Netflix. Uh, in a senior position, uh, he was there for their direct-to-consumer pivot at Disney. Uh, Richard Cooperstein, who uh, is on our board as an independent director, was the first head of international business development for Facebook. Um, and uh, Joseph Nejman uh, has, has been the uh, a strategy guy for Google, worked at Tomorrow Ventures, which is Eric Schmidt's family office, and is a successful uh, entrepreneur himself. And we recently just added Bruce Ost, uh, which is really new. Actually, we just signed him a few days ago, and he is the former vice chairman of NASDAQ. So we, we believe we have a unparalleled management and board that compared to any other company, uh, it, it stands head and shoulders above. So that's one part, and I believe it was quite long-winded of me to say that. But the other part, too, is that uh, our company is very focused on the ESG aspects. And what I mean by that is, um, unlike others who happen to say we are green now because we're currently using 100% green energy, it's not necessarily the same as being fully committed to it like we are. We are 100% green and carbon-free, but we also have committed to not doing that in the future as well. So if a good opportunity comes through natural gas for some reason, we won't even look at it. Whereas the other ones haven't necessarily excluded that from what they do. So that, that is a, a key aspect for us. And it has been um, extremely well received in that we are, I believe, the first company fully commit, com, uh, committed to that. Um, the last part that I would want to mention quickly is uh, unlike most other Bitcoin miners and anyone who's familiar with the Bitcoin mining industry will realize that finding machines is actually extremely difficult. Um, we have stories of miners that are currently flush with capital and can't deploy it fast enough because they cannot find enough machines right now. Um, because of our contacts and, uh, and, and our, effectively our network, we have access to 730 petahash that we can deploy within weeks. And we're currently in the process of doing so right now. So we will effectively step right into the world of the big boys, so to speak, where the publicly traded miners uh, are currently in operations and we pretty similar to them right off the bat. And that's a pretty unique aspect of Griffin. Incredible. As I listen to you contribute uh, to this call, the first thing you shared was the bench strength of your world-class team. Uh, I'll tell you, as, as you were speaking and describing 
the the tenure, the background, the contributions they've made in, in their respective fields. Uh, the the visual that I got is uh, a world class team that's already won and prepared to do more in terms of winning championships. So I I see that you've built a structure with the leadership around the table to win some significant championships uh, now and even in the years to come is what I'm hearing. And some of the things you're actually doing already with your your ESG work and the focus of Griffin Digital Mining is, uh, is transformational. I think that uh, message will really resonate deeply with, uh, with people listening and folks who want to get involved in some way uh, with what Griffin Digital Mining is doing. And then you talked about the relationships, which is so key in any business. Um, wonderful to have strong technical ability, even capital. But if you don't have access, uh, that's, um, that's a significant wall to be running up against. Uh, and I appreciate you mentioning it. And, and, and as you were describing it, I saw I saw this mental image of, of your team, you know, on the court winning championships. <laughs> Indeed, and I think that's where where the trajectory is. I wanted to get to uh, to know Rob a bit more as a person on this call, and as people listen, they probably want to know. Well, you know, Rob is evidently a, a highly uh, accomplished and well regarded professional in the capital markets and um, digital mining space. But who is Rob Chang? And I wanted to talk personally um, with you with this one question, but even linking it to, to the conversation we're having now around crypto. My question, Rob, is how is, you know, how is uh, the cryptocurrency developments that have transpired over the past uh, few years impacted your life personally? Yeah, it's, that's, that's an interesting question. And it, it's been pretty transformational. Uh, as I mentioned before, I spent 15 some odd years in the investment banking research world, think uh, covering traditional mining. So picks and shovels going into holes in the ground and looking for uh, precious metals or, or uranium or things of that nature. <clears throat> and I fully expected my career to continue that way. Um, what has changed was I, through talking to some of my investors, some pretty impressive ones at that, I noticed that what they were doing was what was used to being a fully precious metals, gold-focused portfolio uh, to combat um, economic issues such as inflation and whatnot. Uh, I've seen these investors slowly put some piece of, slowly allocate rather, some piece of their portfolio out of gold and into cryptocurrencies, most notably Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, I found that fascinating given that these are traditional investors who probably wouldn't look at something like this. And that flagged something to me in that these people are noticing a change. Uh, I, of course, took some time to do some research, and I realized that there is actually a fundamental change in the way global finance is going to work, and cryptocurrency and Bitcoin in particular were going to be at the forefront of that. So uh, everyone will probably would think back and think, when the internet started, if I made the move to invest or go to the right companies and work there, I, I would have done incredibly well. That's why what I see Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies being as well at that time, in that it was just in the first few innings, maybe the game even hasn't even started yet. But there is opportunity there, and we are seeing a structural change in the world of way of how global finance is going to work. And because of that, I decided to fully change my career. So how has it impacted my life personally? Dramatically. I, I switched from being a traditional Wall Street type of investment banking guy to a tech guy who gets to wear polos and, uh, and shorts all the time, which is quite nice. Uh, but it was also great that I'm entering an industry that is transformational and trying to contribute that to as best I, as best as I can. Yeah, that's a it's a fascinating perspective. Um, even in the way, <laughs> even in the way you chose to to describe 
your career switch, but also uh, how it's impacted, you know, how you show up for work. You've, you've hung up the suit and the tie and traded it. It's, it's liberating. Uh, uh, different, different attire. You know, uh, I appreciate you sharing that because I think um, that in itself, uh, listeners will find interesting. And I have to ask this question since uh, I have you on this, uh, this um, session with Pangea Talks. Uh, I'd remiss, be remiss if I didn't ask, do you personally own cryptocurrencies? You don't have to say which ones, but do you personally own <laughs> cryptocurrencies? It would be odd if I didn't, uh, given my <laughs> position. Uh, so absolutely, yes, I, I own a few. Um, and and uh, yeah, well, given that we mine Bitcoin, I can at least say I own Bitcoin. <laughs> so. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, you know, in, uh, in Q1 of 2021, Pangea published um, a thought leadership paper entitled Crypto for Your Thoughts. And what we tried to explore in that uh, paper was a perspective on cryptocurrencies, blockchain, and the possibility of an emerging new asset class. Um, and some of the, the research we did for this report, we, we took a look at the UN and what the UN is, is, is looking at. Uh, and, you know, they've talked about uh, terms like a new global currency in some of the reports. Nobel Prize winning economist uh, Joseph uh, Stiglitz, uh, who previously chaired a UN expert commission that considered ways of overhauling the global financial system has advocated for the creation of a, a new reserve currency system, possibly based on what they call uh, SDRs or special drawing rights. In this report at Pangea, we questioned, could cryptocurrencies play a role in this development? And I wanted to get your perspective on, on crypto and what you see and whether crypto is really um, the, a potentially new emerging asset class. Yeah, well, I think it's a source of liberation of financing, of finances for the everyday person. Uh, what we're seeing right now in the global financial markets is control by governments and by institutions that uh, effectively control the pathways and routes of how money can move around or value can move around. The emergence of cryptocurrency has liberated people from having to go through those systems. I no longer have to pay these exorbitant fees and jump through the hoops that you have arbitrarily decided to put on me in order to transfer money from one person to another. And, that, and I think that is very liberating and it allows for better economies and better business practices. Um, I, I can give you one great example of how, how this worked. I had to buy mining equipment once for a company. Um, it was for decent six digit amount. We sent a wire transfer. Um, it took a week and a half and it still didn't get to the receiver for some odd reason. We chased it down a few times. We decided to cancel up, sent it in Bitcoin and in 15 minutes it was done at dramatically lower fees. It was pennies on the dollar in terms of fees whereas we would have been paying hundreds or actually maybe even thousands, I can't remember exactly, but it was significantly cheaper and incredibly faster to do so. Uh, with cryptocurrency. And that's just one use case uh, of doing that. And, and that's why I believe about cryptocurrency is that it's, it's very liberating. And then you look at other situations such as uh, countries where the financial systems are not as developed or the, the economic power of the individual is not as strong and they might not be able to have a bank account. I, I'm hearing stories of people contacting bus drivers in certain countries and handing them cash because the bus driver happens to drive to another city where their relative needs cash and needs it there. And they just entirely trust the bus driver to do this. Um, I, that's crazy in our, you know, from what we think, but it's the normal way of life for some of these countries. And now they don't have to do that because they can easily open up a cryptocurrency account 
and just transfer the crypto that way to their relative uh, in the other city and do it much more securely, not having to trust someone to not steal the money uh, or, or anything else. So I think it's a fantastic new development that is fundamentally changing how global finance works. I genuinely appreciate the the practical example you've given on both a, a macro a scale and even micro how the you know individual user benefits from from the environment the new new cryptocurrency environment and even businesses how that uh, facilitates trade more efficiently. The Journal of Financial um, a Journal of Risk and Financial Management actually uh, says that cryptocurrencies provide users a fast, secure, and cheap medium of exchange, which is exactly what you just say, mm-hmm. uh, described rather in your uh, in your example. And the crypto market, while still in its infancy, uh, is growing, but growing up rapidly is what the, the Journal of Risk and Financial Management says. And Absolutely. it's with leading cryptocurrencies already showing what they say uh, are showing numbers close to those of real coins or assets traded in mature markets. And as such, the crypto assets are also becoming interesting alternative investments. So we're seeing some um, perspectives from um, what I would describe as mature, credible sources talking about the future of what cryptocurrency looks like. And Absolutely. if you know, as we look along the line of credibility, uh, I've seen um, research that, uh, and even uh, reports that uh, indicate that Harvard University, Yale University, Brown University, are among schools whose multi-billion dollar endowments have already begun buying cryptocurrency directly on mm-hmm. exchanges. So as we think about what we've been seeing momentum-wise and you look across the future, I wanted to get a future-looking perspective from you. And as CEO, where would you like to see Griffin Digital Mining three years from today? Yeah, it's always fun to think about that. About that, and uh, what we've done is actually even taken steps to make that more of a reality. Uh, we fundamentally believe that we can be the dominant player in the Bitcoin mining space, focusing on ESG values as well. And part of what you need to do to do that is to have a strong team that's globally recognized as as impressive and someone that is worth giving money to to grow to the point where it can be the largest player in the space. And that's why from, from a bottom-up perspective, our board and management team is worthy, in my opinion, of that type of trust in large amounts of capital. And what we plan on doing with that is to grow our operations to become the largest among any publicly traded miner, hopefully uh, across all miners within that three-year period. Um, and through a focus on good returns, not wasting money on, uh, on, on projects that don't necessarily have returns right now, which is one of the common pitfalls among other miners. Um, and uh, and being very return on assets focused. Uh, that's one of the things we're going to do. The other thing too is our plan is to, when it becomes economically viable, to build a fully disconnected from grid, 100% renewable energy crypto mining facility. Um, right now with wind and solar where they are, it probably doesn't make sense to try to do that at this point, but we'll be fully supportive wherever, wherever we can to help develop that. Um, we also will also continue, uh, consider nuclear because that is 100% clean. Um, as well as hydro sources as well, which is currently what we, are, we, will be, we will be using right now. So among that mix of four different items, we want to be able to build a fully disconnected from grid system that, uh, that will not draw power. Because as you saw in what happened with Texas just recently, it, it doesn't really look good to have a gigantic mining facility drawing large amounts of power when the rest of the state is out of power. 
uh, we want to solve that problem by having our own standalone and be fully disconnected. And, you know, in certain situations, if we have excess power, maybe even put some into the grid to ourselves to help out. Uh, but that's our general plan for the next three, or three years or so. Yeah, that's uh, it's an incredibly, if I, if you'll appreciate my statement, an incredibly ambitious uh, plan. And I think um, the plan, while I use the word ambitious, I know quite fully that you have the strength, the bench strength of leadership. You've got the vision, you've got the network and relationship and even resources because you're talking about uh, going public in the near term uh, from your private space. So I think there are plans that will be realized, you know, even according to your mission statement. From what I recall uh, reading, your mission is to create the world's largest fully integrated pure play Bitcoin miner with zero carbon footprint. And I think that does, that's something to celebrate. Um, Rob, uh, indeed, and, and kudos to your team. We applaud you. We're thrilled here at Pangea to be able to share this uh, precious time with you. And we wish you and your incredible team every success you deserve. Thank you so much for spending time with us today on Pangea Talks. Thank, thank you very much. We appreciate the uh, opportunity to share the story. And thank you. Welcome back anytime. <laughs>